welcome to Parsha in Progress. I'm Abigail Pogrebin, author of My Jewish Year. And I'm Rabbi Dov Linzer, president of Yeshivat Chovevei Torah Rabbinical School. And we are two very different Jews talking about the same amazing Torah together. Hello, Dov Linzer. Hello, Abby, except now we're talking Torah over Zoom. Yes, we are, because we are in a just a surreal universe. I am hoping that when people hear this, we are going to be back together. I mean, God it's willing, hard to God imagine. willing. It's so hard to imagine now. But Torah rests for no one, and I think that's actually one of its gifts, is that it marches on. We are in uh, Leviticus, Tazria Metzora. Yes. Which I guess last year we did Tazria, so this year we're doing Metzora of this, this Parsha. Tazria is, they're separate Parsha, but sometimes they're combined. So Tazria means give forth seed, which speaks about a woman having a child. And Mitzora is normally translated as a leper, a person with tsara'at, which was some type of a skin disease. Which is bizarrely apropos for the moment we're in. And I'm sure everyone will draw their own parallels as I read the verses. I'm going to read a few more than usual because I think they, well, they speak for themselves. This is Leviticus 14.8. The one to be cleansed shall wash his clothes, shave off all his hair, and bathe in water. Then he shall be clean. After that, he may enter the camp, but he must remain outside his tent seven days. On the seventh day, he shall shave off all his hair of head beard and eyebrows. When he has shaved off all his hair, he shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water. Then he shall be clean. I mean, to me, it's kind of eerie that we're discussing this right now when it is obviously completely about someone who is unclean and needs to be cleansed in order to kind of to re-enter the camp. Right. So you see this as paralleling what it means to recover from the virus, or how exactly are you making the connection? The, the directives are so expl- are so particular, they're so specific, and that's what we're experiencing right now every day. Hmm. But this is how to wash your hands thoroughly. This is how to separate and sterilize your groceries. This is how long the virus lives on a box, on, a, on cardboard, mm-hmm, if something's mm-hmm. coming from the grocery store. And also, this is just a stark reminder, whether or not, you know, our ancestors knew what was coming, that in a, in a, in a certain way, it never dies. You know, the, the idea of plagues, of pandemics, of infection, of someone being, whether you say they're a leper or diseased. Um, but I think it's it's also, again, the kind of the minutia of, mm. the, uh, of the sterilization. Like, in order to come back. Right. These are the things you need to do. And I guess I would ask you, do you think our tradition is is ultimately valuing the return? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and in that way, the washing is actually different. The washing we do, we're doing during the coronavirus is to prevent infection. And here, I mean, both of them are about clean, but for us, it's remaining clean. And, he, and you know, in the case of the Mitzora, it was about becoming clean. But I think you really put your finger on it in terms of what does it mean to come back? I mean, for me, this Parsha is talking about somebody who had been, you know, pushed out of the camp. And uh, that can happen in people that are in quarantine or people that have been in a mental institute or just people who have been hospitalized or somebody, for example, not even a case of disease who's in a prison. How do we reintegrate them back into society? What type of ways do we make them part of us again? And the Torah is creating this very 
detailed ritual which sends the message of you're now ready to come back. And I think there's a real power to that. I don't know if we have those types of rituals now. And I think it could be hard if somebody's, you know, take the example of been in a mental institute and now it comes back. Like everybody's a little awkward, doesn't know what to say. You know, there's no ritual of reentry. In the beginning of this pandemic, when it had started in China and I saw some of the draconian measures that they were using, I felt like this is dehumanizing. How can you treat people like this? Mm-hmm. It's it's over extreme. It's an o- it's overcorrecting, and now I think we're all bemoaning that we didn't take those exact measures sooner. And part of what this Parsha says to me is something that might seem exaggerated mm. is actually often the answer. You know, when you hear about people essentially being arrested when they have a fever in the street in China, I think how can you do that to someone? Right. And now I feel like you know we all should have done this you know, months ago. I think that idea of separating out, which is really what precedes this parasha, when the person is discovered to be infected, discovered to have this skin disease, the need to put him out of the camp to protect everybody else. You know, for us, it's putting us in the home, but here it's putting out of the camp. I'm going to read a few verses from the uh, first half of the double parasha, from the parasha of Tazria. And this is from 1345. And it says the following... And the one with uh, tsara'at, who has the spot or has the skin disease, his clothes should be rent, should be torn, and his head should be hair, hair grow wild, and he should cover up his mouth, and impure, impure, he shall call out. And it says that he shall dwell outside of the camp. All the days that the, that the skin disease is on him, he shall be uh, impure. He is impure. He shall dwell alone outside of the camp is where he dwells. So I think that's really, you know, something you're talking about of where it could seem so extreme, but actually it's the way of protecting, you know, others. The rabbis saw it maybe more as protecting others from, they think that this is connected to sin. So maybe, you know, this is a punishment and protecting others from the sin that he represents. But assuming it's a type of infectious disease, you know, he has to let people know that he has this and he has to get himself out of the camp and protect others. So I think that idea of isolation or separation is sometimes harsh but necessary. I agree that what we've learned is that Sometimes to protect ourselves, we have to sacrifice something. We, we also sometimes have to appear callous, that what seems inhuman is actually the most human act, which is to help each other save each other. And it's counterintuitive, which is why we've struggled with it. And I think many Americans have rebelled against it for a long time until we finally accepted it. But it also ultimately takes us to the better day, which is that we we know we're going to come through this. And I would say that what I look forward to in, in that better day is, you know, our reintegration. It's not only welcoming back the sick, but we've all been, all of us who have been in quarantine or, you know, stuck in our homes. And what will that mean to, how do we find the way to recreate that human connection and a connected society? And I think we're going to need some type of a ritual or process of reintegration. And I believe we can do it and we can all become connected in a more powerful way. Well, I look forward to seeing what you come up with, (laughs) Doe. Okay. Shabbat shalom, Abby. Shabbat shalom. Parsha in Progress is written and hosted by Abigail Pogrubin and Rabbi Dove Linzer. The show is produced by Shira Telushkin and executive produced by Josh Cross and Tablet Magazine. Our music is by Blue Dot Sessions. We'd be so grateful if you'd head over to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It helps more people find us. You can also write or fetch to us at this email, ParshaInProgress at tabletmag.com. 
Thanks for listening. Guys, I just want to say that today is my 25th wedding anniversary, and we were supposed to be in Paris. Oh.